Welcome back, everyone, to the Reflux Blue Show. I'm your host, Donovan Beery, still recording at How Design Live in Washington Day Room. Yeah, in the yeah. Opryland Resort. That's because they ran yet the Lincoln Room and the Jackson Room. We I, have in the Washington Room. I don't know. There's This place is huge. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it, it's a metroplex in and of itself. It has its own zip code. Does it? Yeah. I would not doubt it. Yeah. I, I That's bullshit, it. but I'm you know I'm relatively sure it could be. It it is highly likely that yeah. could happen here. I mean, I bet you if you just wrote Opryland Resort, it would get here. Yeah. Okay. So here's my big question. I've I've this is my very first time to Nashville. I've never been here before. So when they talk about the Grand Ole Opry and Opryland, is this the place they're talking about? Because this wasn't on Hee Haw. Welcome, Bill Gardner, by the way. Oh, so, hi. Hello. <laughs> All right, so I, I, we did a talk in Nashville in 2007. It was the right. other time I was here. For, yeah. I think they had a think tank, day, one day yeah. conference. It was great. And me and Bennett, right. Fallsworth, yeah. I think the next day they kind of drove us to a few spots. And, and the uh, people from the AIJ chapter drove us to the Ryman Auditorium, okay. which is, and, and they weren't, they have, concerts there i guess the acoustics are amazing it's the it's the theater where mini uh, pearl came out and said yeah i think maybe if, if you watch the johnny cash it's, yeah it's the place he was kicking okay. the lights out yeah and they had the Opryland backdrop there okay and that is where the grand old opry used to be well wherever we are now they must have paid some pretty good uh, rights usage because no, they no, got no. ryman it's, here it's oh, and they've, okay. you know i mean well well so the the ryman is where it was originally at and then yeah. the opryland is now here okay. and if you look at the map uh it's not in this building mm-hmm. but if you look at the map there's a little like like on when you walk in there's a sidewalk that says to Opryland and something else. Now I don't I don't know if you get a chance to post links of uh, this place on uh, this podcast, but people need to take a look at the place because it's got this amazing like water park and indoor galleria that's just a jungle and everything that you can imagine all under one roof. And it's probably another twenty minutes outside of downtown, so it ain't on top of Broadway in Nashville. No, 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 no. Yeah. Until you look up and see the glass ceiling, you, you think, think you're outside. outside. Yep. Yep. Jinx. It's so strange. It is. So strange. Good to well, see you. Yeah, you too. So, Bill, you're actually speaking tomorrow. Yeah. Go figure. Yeah. Or in this case, like a month ago or however. You know, <laughs> most people probably listen <laughs> to this. Everybody's going to be good. Uh, tomorrow. So, I'm um, tune out now. Yeah, I should say this is, we're, we're, we're talking, we're, we're recording this on June 5th, uh, 2023. Got it. So, Got it. For those who want to know. And and you're doing the the big uh, trend report. Trend report. For logo logo trend report. Yeah. Um, How many trend reports have you done? Twenty one. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's kind of like if I cut my arm off, I'm I'm pretty sure I could count twenty one rings on that thing for uh, how many reports I've done. But as I do these things, the, the one of the biggest challenges anymore is that you're starting to see trends rotate back in that I reported on 20 years ago. And I'm going, holy shit, I've already done this before. <laughs> I'm just, well, it's like fashion, right? Yeah, well, that's supposed to be on the 30-year cycle. I'm, and I'm oh. only 20. Yeah, but, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll work with it. Design, 
everything in design is changing so quickly that you've, I, I think trend cycles certainly shift a lot quicker too. And you think about the way that we used to receive information, if it was via print, you know, um, something was designed and somebody submitted it six months after they designed it and it got printed a year later and we'd go out and we'd buy a magazine and we're looking at history for our trends. Yeah. You know, and anymore, somebody designs a logo in Australia and sells it to a baker this morning. Somebody in the U.S. is looking at it before the baker sells their first loaf of bread. And, and some it, other companies are ripped it off. And yeah, exactly. You know, and they've got right. printed on their bread loaf. Um, but when when you start to think about the pace at which things uh, shift now, uh, they've got much quicker, you know, they, they're, they've got expiration dates that are, you know, half-life. They, they expire pretty quick. Right. Yeah. And how do you keep, I mean, I mean, so, or do you just wait around and then figure in another six months it'll look right? Yeah, I'd, I'd probably lose some of my credibility if I just uh, parked it for 30 years and said, I'm just going to pull this report back out. I won't be alive then. So anyway, it's just, yeah. But, you know, when, when you start looking at uh, the stuff that comes out, it it's never a complete repeat of what you saw. Matter of fact, I, I, I kind of like to think of it this way. When they do a remake on a movie, they usually, you know, one, you've got a whole new cast of characters, a whole new setting, and then they go in and they take that script that you're familiar with, that you think that you know, you know, how it ends, and they change it up on you, you know, and, and, and that's where they play with you. And it's kind of like what happens with trends. You think you've got this comfort level when, like for last year, there's a lot of type inspired by Art Nouveau that, you know, is just all over the place with these uh, whiplash ligatures that go on. And, and it's beautiful stuff, but it's much more laid back than it was in Haight-Ashbury in the 60s when it was being used in hippiedom, you know, on, you know, uh, wild-ass posters. Or if you go back to 1919 or 1910 when it was being used the first time around as part of Art Nouveau. So it continues to change. New characters, new script. It, it's strange to me because logos are like the one design item that, that I think clients probably change the least. And, should be, yeah. And they should be. And so, you know, we talk about trends in logos, yeah. but if you went through uh, that downtown street or something and you look at all the company logos that you would see yeah. either on, on the business sides or in their window or yep. whatever, you're, you're not really looking at the trend of that year. You're looking at the trend of the last 30 years all at once yeah. jammed together. And, and, you know, they transcend time, you know. If you take the classic, you know, if, if we talk Coca-Cola and the Nike Swoosh and GE, I mean, those are all logos that happened in their time, but they are relevant today because of the visual vocabulary that hangs with them and the context that surrounds them. If you're smart, you progress with all of the falderall that is supportive of that brand and you look at just modest little updates or, you know, effort on the logo just to kind of make sure that line weights are good or sure. the tip of the italicies is just right. But, I mean, you don't change the logo. Leave the logo alone. Unless it's got a really big dollar contract behind it and you want to come to me. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I do know that, that when clients come to you and they say, do you think we need a new logo? You always want to be like, well, I'd like to do a new logo for you. No, yeah, but, well, but but I mean, or, yeah. or something like you, you do know. and you don't. Yeah, and I and you know, in in fairness, so um, I started my company in 1983. So 
I have, I, I could probably count maybe 10 logos that I've actually redone for the same client, you know, at some point in there. And one of which I can think of that I've redone three times, you know, and it, it, it rightfully needed to be shifted sure. on each of those. But at the same time, you think about this idea of longevity on something. And a lot of times we'll have a client that will come to us and keep in mind about three quarters of the business we do is rebranding. And, you know, which you've got to be really gentle with. And, and, and I guess for, for our listeners, it's, it's Gardner Design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and, and most people I know know you from... Logo Lounge, sure. Just because that's what we, we look at. But you actually, most of your work is, is Gardner Design. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'm sorry for the listeners that I... No, yeah. So Gardner Design... Um, Gardner Design's been around... Since uh, 1983, Logo Lounge has only been around since 2001. Okay. So when when we get into a rebrand, one of the very first things that we do is kind of tell the client, "Listen, rebrand sounds pretty draconian, but you know, in in reality, oftentimes a rebrand is very subtle, and it is the supportive elements that we're really you know uh, talking about updating in order to build relevance and to make it resonate with the new client base." Right, like just because some things shift a little bit, yeah, and you, or or I'm assuming a lot of them are just the businesses shift more than they thought over. Like if someone's been around twenty years, they're like, "Oh, our business." That's a great way to put industry it. has changed a little yeah. bit. Maybe we should yeah. move towards that direction. Do you remember there there was a uh, book called Who Moved the Cheese? That I don't think uh, I saw that one. Yeah, it came out years ago, and uh, the the basic premise. We, you know, and you can tell it in the title, was that sometimes we establish a direction that we're moving towards, and we realize that our market has shifted from where we'd originally pointed the arrow. So, you know, you've got to repoint your arrow in order to, you know, make yourself relevant with that particular market again. And so often, you know, I mean, here's here's what ends up happening to a brand just in a nutshell that we see and that's that somebody comes in and either through poor stewardship over a period of time or just a lack of stewardship you know not really having somebody on board that really understood the brand the visual components and how to utilize them or it could be that they've got um, a merger and acquisition that's gone on that you know they've they've got to find a home for other aspects of their business they're bringing in to have the hierarchy relate to um, other things they've got I mean there's there's a lot of reasons that you end up getting into doing rebrand work, none of which are usually just because they just got tired of it. It, you know, it, it's not functioning properly sure. and it's kind of like taking your car in for a tune-up, you know, I mean, occasionally as well as the thing runs, even a car needs some little, you know, little amount of work on it in order to keep it moving and to keep you mobile. No, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah we're going to be right back with Bill Gardner. So, Bill, what, what Logo Lounge book is coming out next? It's, it's in the process, right? 14. Oh, geez. Okay, 14. And I want to say, you know, when I got in the profession, there are all sorts of these books that, that collected everything. There'd be, logo, there'd be a logo one. There'd be a letterhead one. There'd be, like, mm-hmm. one posters. And, and there's, not, there's not a lot anymore. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Logo Lounge is one of the only ones. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, it's part of the nature of the fact that Logo Lounge is both a digital device and an analog device. And, I mean, it, it, it covers both aspects of it. Um, I'm recalling at the time that, 
you know, we started out and we had a contract with Rockport Publishing, who is uh, producing a lot of the annuals, and Grafis was knocking out their annuals. And I think, and I think Rockport published a lot of the other ones that, that yeah. I'm talking about. And Ex- exactly, Grafis still does, yeah. does theirs. But uh, when when you started uh, at that point in time, there were a lot of brick and mortar bookstores around that were selling books, and then over a period of time, you'd walk into that graphic section, and it was all graphic novels instead of graphic design books. Sure. And you know, I mean, we, we things change. You know, who moved the cheese again? You know, I mean, the the market shifted in there, and anymore there are very few uh, book and are very few brick and mortar stores so designers look online for their information which is which is great for us from the perspective of you know logo lounge which by the way hundred dollar membership go to logolounge.com it's well worth your annual fee um, and, and you also have a deal for students right we that, do that they just can't publish things but they can yeah they can get in there at half price and they can buy an account and they can utilize the hell out of the system everything but upload logos but, you know, as you start to think about the way designers acquire information anymore and look at what inspires them, you know, it's almost entirely digital product of some kind. And we published the book because there's still a big audience for it. And more importantly, I have made more designers cry and weep big old crocodile tears when they saw their first logo published in a real book that has paper. It and feels ink. real. Yeah, it it does, and and it's part of the secret in there, is that you know when when that happens, it is a rite of passage for you in a lot of ways. Sure, you feel like you can finally go show your mom, you know, what it is you did. <laughs> okay, yeah, and and she'll look at you and go, "That's real. That's real good. Oh, that's a logo." You know, I mean, you know, but I'm Donovan. I'm sitting here trying to. Imagine when you got your first logo in a logo lounge book. So it's been a lot of years because you've, you know, I mean, over uh, the I years. I think we're maybe, maybe book eight or something. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't, I mean, I didn't yeah. sign up until later. Yeah. So I didn't sign up for the and, first And one. I'm positive that you had been in print before that. But oh, yeah. I've been you know, published before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're a hell of a designer. So you, well, you've been that. in, yeah, yeah, print a lot. But it is one of those things that every designer wants to believe that the world's going to beat a path to their door because they all are going to pick up that book and open it up to that page and see that work that Donovan did and say, that's exactly the guy I need to work with. Um, But in reality, Logo Lounge has more stories of people that have come to me and said, I've got a designer who got married because of Logo Lounge. (laughs) He took his wife on a first date to uh, a shopping mall and they went in a bookstore, and his logo happened to be on the cover of Logo Lounge. And he attributes the solidifying of that relationship with being able to, you know, show his awesomeness to her yeah, at yeah. a bookstore. But, I mean, I, I have other people that come back and say, you know, I've had clients walk into the office carrying a Logo Lounge book and saying, I found you in here. So, I don't, I don't know how it is, but, you know, these Logo Lounge books have this life of their own. I don't, I don't know if I've ever gotten work from being published in a book. Yeah. And, and, and it, it's nice. To, that's it, not it's, why it's, it's great there. to feel validated. Yes. And, and I'm sure it adds to the, there's certain clients that probably look at things and see that they look at your your thing and they're like, oh, you know, oh, they, it's they're just published. more validation. Yeah. But it's not like that's why they hired you. No. If they hired you based on that, it, my guess is they'd be like, 
I want you to do the logo exactly like you did for this other client. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'd be like, that's not, it's not really what we want to do here, mm-hmm. you know? I'm, I'm trying to recall if I've shared this story with you or not, but gosh, it was probably after we published maybe uh, five of the Logo Lounge books and I was starting to develop some level of reputation and I was phoned by a veterinarian uh, who was getting ready to start a new clinic. And it was a well-known vet in our area. Sure. And he said, hey, I says, um, he says, I saw your book and it says, I've, I've actually picked up a copy of it and man, you do great work and you do all these great logos and he says, I'm getting ready to start this new business and he says, I'm curious, he says, uh, I've already drawn the logo, but would you be able to uh, take that logo and clean it up for me? And here he was building me up, you know, and I was right. just going, yeah, yeah. And, and and he just wanted me to clean it up. And all of a sudden, you're just, and every designer has been here, you know, where somebody's called them up and said, oh, I've already got the thing done. Can you just digitize it for me or can you make it a computer file? And at this point, I'm so deflated and without even pausing a moment, I said, you know what? He's, I said, here's the deal. I'm planning on doing surgery on my dog this weekend. Would you have time to come by and close him up when I'm done? <laughs> and there was just complete dead silence on the phone. And it was just, you know, my, my gut reaction was to kind of come back at the guy by saying, you know, hey, I'm not going to try and be a vet. You don't try and be a designer. Yeah. And I've had more fun sharing that story over the years. But it's true. You know, I mean... Uh, the work that we do is pretty monumental in now, a lot brought, of ways. Now, now this this potential client, yeah. which would have which we completely never changed your career if you would have done it. Um, yeah, it wouldn't have. The exposure would have been tremendous in the in the area. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm also assuming they probably saw the Logo Lounge book and is like, man, Bill Gardner's knocking out 3,500 logos every year. <laughs> probably thought you did yeah. everyone in the book. Okay. So, you know, nobody has ever uh, brought that up before, but I know that to be um, a challenge because, but not only me, but think about those designers that get a logo in the book and they open it up for their mom to point out the logo and they go, did you do that one? Did you do that? And did you do that one? How about this? Did you do? I didn't know you did that one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I've seen like people do like logo a day challenge or something yeah. like that. They'll do, but, but I mean, it would like, that'd be like 10 logos a day challenge. Yeah. 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 We, yeah. I think we've got like 3000 logos now in the logo lounge book. Every well, you time you take and, a couple weekends off then. Yeah. Do you know how big this competition is? So this year there were 34,000 logos submitted that had to be juried down to the 3,000 that are going to go into it. 34, there is no other competition that even comes vaguely close in the design industry that gets that kind of a submission for for consideration. And when you make it, despite the fact there's 3,000 logos in there, that's that's cutting some pretty good juju if you make it into the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's impressive. Yeah, how many judges you still do? Is it still like ten judges? Yeah, yeah. You know, we started out with eight, but the uh, the number of entries. Um, so a little behind the scene uh, secret here: when when your logo is submitted to Logo Lounge, every logo is juried by exactly three of the judges. 
despite the fact there are more than three judges. Sure. But we had to break it down so that, I mean, otherwise... Uh, they can't, not everyone can look at 34,000 yeah, levels. No, no. It, it's trying to break it down into a small enough pool. But, um, and, and, and it's random, so it's not the same three judges, lo- you know, uh, raking the same logo over and over in there. But, um, and they all give it a score. Um, everything starts out as a zero, um, and they can give it a, a leave it a zero, a one, a two, or a three for early superior. But surprisingly, out of thirty four thousand logos, if the highest score you can get is a nine, we we maybe get one nine in every round of judging. You know, it's it's kind of like it's it's so damned hard to get three judges to all agree that it's the most superior logo ever. I would not doubt that at all. Yeah. Because I used to be behind the scenes when I was on the AIJ board in, in Nebraska. Oh yeah. And we'd bring in judges for the show, and then yep. and then we would. I think I think we had a similar. It was it was on beans. Yeah. They throw beans on the thing. And yep. Zero. I zero remember doing nine. that one for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. And they would always come out in the hallway, and you line it up, and I don't even know if we'd get a nine. You yeah. might get an eight. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I'll, I'll, uh, we'd have I'll, like five hundred entries, and it'd be like maybe like. Five sevens and 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 one eight or something. It was it was it was ridiculously small in that area. Can I can I share a bean story with you? Oh, I love it. Um, so were you sitting there eating them? Because they yeah, were I was. I, I didn't know I wasn't beans. supposed to eat them. I was. They were dry beans. They could have broken some teeth. So years uh, a, a number of years ago, uh, when I was uh, during the communication arts design annual. It was and that a, one gets a, a large amount of entries. It does. It does. It, you know, no, nowhere near this. Yeah. But we were during that, and I had submitted some pieces. And, you know, I mean, it, it, while you're judging, occasionally one of your pieces comes through. But, you know, it's got to it's gotta have a quorum of the other jurors in order to make it in. No, nobody can just drop a tile and get it in. Right. And with their show, instead of beans, they had little tiles, little, you know, half by half inch little tiles, and each judge had well, a different color. They are fancy, color. I like this. They are fancy. And you've, and you've got like a little Dixie cup, a paper cup with a hole in the bottom of it, you know, it's turned upside down so you can drop in your, you know, little tile. And I'm going through the judging, and I see this announcement that I had done, this print thing that I had done, and I drop a tile on my own. And I'm going, well, you know, I mean, hey, I'm a juror, and I, you know, and I obviously like my work, and so on and so forth. And I'm, I'm at the other end of the room, and Melissa Beck, who uh, was, uh, or Melinda Beck, who was uh, one of the other jurors on this, is over there, and she goes, oh my God, this is the ugliest invite I have ever seen. And she lifts the cup up. And there's only one tile underneath that cup, and it's mine. And she goes, did you vote for this thing? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going, well, yeah, that's mine. And she goes, it's still ugly. Oh, that's great. <laughs> uh, I will say, when, when I, I do remember when, and, and, I'm, and I've judged other things, and, yep. and I'm pretty sure people were in the room that did some of the work, because it's all right. volunteers. And, sure, sure. And, and so... We would, but when 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 I helped with the events, it was I always enjoyed when the judges would say things, and the person was there because because oh, to painful. me, I've but to there. me, it it signifies that as as running the show yeah. or or helping with the show, we weren't influencing them because they didn't know what they did. Yeah, like yeah. you know, like as a judge, you didn't know whose piece was what. Yeah. Because they wouldn't make those comments probably out loud. If well, 
unless it was me, and then it'd be like, oh, Donovan's here. We'll talk about his work. But. We, Those of us that have run competitions have all been there, and I will tell you that you will never remember all the kind things they say about your work, but, man, you remember every dagger they poked into any piece that you've ever done because it sticks with you and it teaches you a lesson. <laughs> well, the lesson I always got was we, we are running this thing unbiased yeah well it's true i mean that was what i i actually i was like okay we're unbiased that is great yeah 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 i can remember during that show along with gosh there were there were a number of really exceptional uh judges what was mark's last name failing me right now originally from boston yeah mark english uh was in on that show as i recall and um Maxie Andrus, I think, came up on that show. I don't think were, I was on the board at that yeah, time. Yeah, may not have been. But, but I think I joined the board. Yeah. There, you know, after. your market has always had such a tremendous group of designers in it uh, up in the Omaha market. And yeah. has always been recognized, I think, um, uh, for that fact. But uh, yourself included, um, my my senior art director, Adam, who we had a few drinks with last night, oh, yeah. uh, lives up there. And uh, just such an incredible talent. But I'm always surprised the amount of talent in the Omaha market. Yeah, it's been good. And I, and I actually switched to uh, um, teaching full-time. Uh, did you really? Yeah. Congratulations. Just Very this, cool. This is my, I just finished my first year. Yeah. So, so I switched my day and night jobs, as I tell everyone. So you're the person to go to to find the inside scoop on good designers? I, I, I mean, we just had a portfolio. Stop portfolio class. I, I think their work looks good. Yeah, we'll see. We'll find out. That's good. It's going to be a test. I mean, that's a whole new genre for you, isn't it? What teaching? No, I've been adjunct for okay a long time. Okay, so, so you've already proven your way, and now it's in yeah. That's why time. I said that was my night job. Now it's my day job, and so you know, I just swapped them. Congratulations! So, yeah. How cool is that? You know, I uh, looking at student work is so dramatically different now than uh, it's been over the years because everything starts to look so finished and there are students that just think way beyond the students from prior decades. Yeah. I think it was like, I think uh, Drew in our market yep, like 15 sure. years ago judged the the CA show Yeah, and the thing he mentioned was that that was the time that printing it might have been 20 years ago where printers were cheap enough to where, like, he's like, the printed pieces look professional. Yeah. Like, you know, when if five years before that, when we came out of school, you could tell if it was... Real or not, real or not. printed. Yeah, because yeah. the printing quality was like, this isn't quite, you know. Yeah. And then it, all of a sudden, you know, the Digital is just as good as, you know, um, a, a litho press on a, lot of, on a lot of projects and, you know, the way to go. So, yeah, yeah. So you can't tell, and then and then and then now now there's other improvements, but yeah, students are constantly surprising. Yeah. So, all right, Bill. I guess we're gonna ask you. So, I mean, yeah. Since we always talk local launch, what what is new though with Gardner Design? Like, what's what's happening there? Oh, uh, with Gardner Design. In in the last week, speaking of which, I uh, just uh, hired a new digital designer to come on with uh, Jay Walter, um, who's our director of digital. Okay. And, uh, and it's pretty cool because it's Jamie Timish. And Jamie uh, used to be my digital director years ago, and she went off to work for a software company, and um, I hired her back. So we've you know bolstered up the digital department. I just hired, we had brought in a designer from Italy that I found when I was uh, over there um, about a year ago 
but he's getting married and returning back to Italy. So I just hired another designer named Isaiah uh, Hopper, and he's going to be coming on. Uh, he, he, by the way, is still a student, but oh. just so incredibly talented that uh, he's coming on full time. I assume he's not commuting it. No, no. Uh, he's, he's actually a student in a uh, design program at Wichita State. But, you know, very excited about him. Um, still got Ellen Mosma, my senior designer, who's just rocking it and knocking shit out of the park. Um, she's so amazingly talented. Uh, Dustin Youngman, and she... I, I've got a couple of designers that are getting married within the office. So Ellen and Dustin are getting married. So I, oh, wow. I, I'm hoping that bodes well for uh, the entire world because I love them both. Right. Um, you know, but I, I, I've got such an incredibly talented group of designers that make make us look good and um i've also got tony gaston who runs the whole show and uh she's our marketing director and makes everything look good but we're in the midst of doing a rebrand on a hospital right now a couple of financial advisors an entire school system and all of their schools for a city in kansas a how many, how many uh, schools are in a school system, like something like that? Yeah, so this is for El Dorado, the city of El Dorado, Kansas. And uh, they've got one high school, one middle school, and three elementaries. So plus we're doing their new identity for their uh, school district. And we just finished doing the same thing in Derby, where we had done two middle schools, a high school, and eight elementary schools. And we also did work with the architect that was designing the uh, environmental graphics inside of all these schools. So we get into these programs and it's just kind of like, you know, I, I'm, I'm not trying to lasso the entire school market for myself. I'm more than glad for people to do There's that. There's a but, lot but of it's schools. Interesting. I don't even think you could. I mean, yeah. I know I know. according to your book, it looks like you're doing 3,500 logos a, a year. But, yeah. I, <laughs> but, but even at that, you wouldn't have enough for all the schools around. It's true. It's true. Let me see. Recently wrapped up a bank that we redid, recently rebranded a community. Uh, I've got another one on the hook. It's just, you know, I mean, we're, it, we're, we're in the best business in the entire world, I swear, because designers show up at work passionate about what they're doing. They, they would do it for free if they could afford to buy a car and eat on that and live somewhere <laughs> on that, but they can't. Right. But I mean, what other profession can you imagine that the people in it love to do what they do as much as ours? I mean, I'm sure there are, but but I'm biased as yeah, well. So, yeah. but, I mean, we, but I do know that this is this is one of the professions where most of the people in it, money isn't the only reason they're in it. That's a good point. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And and if money is the only reason it helps, in this but yeah, business it, you probably don't do very well. Yeah. And, you know, in, in, in fairness, there are those people that just approach it from a money perspective that, you know, they're perfunctory, knocking out uh, crap design, yeah. you know, and that's what clients are paying them for. But, uh, but they're knocking out so much of it that, you know, they're, they're in it for the money. But as a rule, yeah, and I, I think, think AI that, will take them out first. It, it, it will. It will. Yeah. yeah. It's going to, it's, it's not that far down the road that, uh, they're, they're going to start to lose it. I, I uh, was just hearing this wonderful comment that was uh, designers don't need to be too scared about losing their jobs to AI 
because until a client learns how to explain a job to AI... Oh, yeah, that's what I... Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Don't be scared. We're okay. Yeah. We should we should be good for a while. But you know what AI is doing is it is, I think, an incredible... I, I almost hate to use the term brainstorming because that so, sounds so yeah. incredibly dated, but, but I think that there's a lot that, uh, from a visual standpoint, that AI throws out there because it doesn't wear the blinders that we do as designers that, you know, I mean, we, we make a lot of assumptions in our life because we've done this so long that we go, well, that probably isn't a good idea. That's probably not a good idea. But, you know, you, you, you throw an idea at AI and it comes back and it says, what would happen if we stuck flowers on that thing? And you're going, well, I'd never thought about sticking flowers on that thing. How, how would I have ever thought about that? You know? So it opens up, um, our own thinking and it kind of challenges us. So, uh, I don't, I don't know too many people that are picking up exactly what AI delivers them and handing it off to a client. But I think that it's a really a, an incredible tool when you start to think about, let's take some really nascent thinking that we don't have the ability to do because we're so experienced and uh, throw it at design. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I couldn't tell you what direction it's going to go, but, but it's obviously not yeah. disappearing. No. So, and it's been it's been uh, in Photoshop for a long time. Yeah, like the content aware fill has sure. been there, and you know you used it not even thinking what it was. Yeah, see, I hadn't even thought about that, but you're absolutely right. Yeah, and I think I think in the beta they got in the new Photoshop they'll build now they'll build out more than that. Wow, because I've seen some people just do some hilarious things with it. <laughs> necessarily good but <laughs> yeah well you know those people that are doing the hilarious stuff with it i'm sure now i i you know i've i've had uh, enough experience in this industry over the years too um every, every decade something comes out that you know well my god that's going to destroy our industry you know can you imagine the public is going to be able to set their own type they're gonna no. They're oh, gonna yeah. Right. They're gonna they're gonna start making flyers. They're gonna start. You know what I mean? And it's it's one of those things where you know if they're anything, gonna start using the computer to do the. the oh the yeah, those computers are gonna put us out of business. You yeah. know, it's well, a tool. Well, Bill, before you go, yeah. What's what's the trend in the trend report this year that that you found the most fun or most entertainment or most off the wall? Um, well, I'll throw one that I think is going to have a broader effect, and I'll throw a couple that um, well, keep in mind that I get to name what I call my trends, and nobody else is going to tell me what I'm going to call them. So this year we've got half asters and thrust and a bunch of other stuff that I didn't realize kind of had some sexual innuendo oh, until my. after, you know, um, half asters or half asterisks. So it's um, asterisks cut in half um, or half asters. Thrust are these um, typically triangular upward pointing arrow shapes that are built out of a series of lines that uh, show motion internally within them so that you can see direction and velocity within oh, a logo. Oh, taking over the old millennials. There you go. Uh, probably one of the ones that is having a bigger effect even outside of just logos but is having an effect on all the brand language that goes with it is uh, taking things out of focus. I know that uh, when you start to think about the idea of 
taking something and building clarity to it, but it has to start unclear, doesn't it? So Myers and Briggs, which just uh, the foundation company that manufactures all of the personality tests that you and I have taken a million times to determine that we're of no value in the world. Um, Myers Briggs new logo um, is a very simple little logo, but uh, they've animated it in such a way that it represents the 16 aspects of a personality and that certain ones are out of focus and come into focus uh, as you start to learn more about yourself and build okay. greater clarity. So I think focus is one of those really keep keep in mind that, you know, crap. Uh, we don't live in a CMYK universe anymore. We're in an RGB environment. So uh, there's, you know, there's nothing that we can't do in RGB. So a lot of the design canons that I grew right, up I with are out. Last time you spoke in, Grand, or in, in Omaha, you, mm-hmm. you mentioned that. And then it changed a lot of how I looked at building things. Because I'm like, oh, you know, sure. that is right. This, this logo is going to be used for an event. It's going to be used on like four items. And yep. then it's done. So yeah. It doesn't have to be on a golf ball or stitched yeah, onto a polo. I don't have to worry about what it's going to look like in a quarter of an inch. See? In the, in the, for this one. You know, yeah. God, you mean I had an effect on even you? I'm not saying it was positive. Oh, okay, okay. I've said. Yeah. So where do people go to, to view the trend report this year? So um, it will be up uh, probably by the time this comes out. Uh, go on to logolounge.com. And up at the top of the page, and by the way, the trend report's always on the free side of the wall so that you can get in there and uh, take a look at not only this year's, but the past 20 uh, reports before that. If you um, are so inclined to pick up a membership to uh, Logo Lounge, it's $100 annually. And, uh, you know, damned, if your company is paying for your admission to the How Design Conference live conference, then they can afford to pick up a membership. And I will tell you that... They probably will if you ask. And I'm going to. As as ever the huckster I am, I'm going to ask people to give me money. But the other thing that I'm really excited about is I just wrapped up LinkedIn Learning, you know, is a tremendous tool for courses on uh, identity design and branding. And they have had me as their brand author for a number of years. And I just completed uh, this trend report the week before last uh, out of their headquarters, which they finally have opened back up. They shut down the LinkedIn Learning Campus, which is out in uh, the Santa Barbara area for about a four-year period, three-year period for, you know, COVID. Yeah. And they've just opened the campus back up. And it was great being out there and getting that recorded. But... We've updated some courses on LinkedIn Learning, so go to, go to linkedinlearning.com and type in Bill Gardner and uh, help help fund my daughter's uh, whatever the next thing is. She's grown up. She's gotten married. I don't know if I got anything more to pay for on her. Yeah, because you were, you were looking to look around originally to pay her way to, through college. was right? to put her way through college, and it did. Which is great. Yeah. You know, I'm I, now I'm just recouping all those uh, costs from uh, putting her through college. That's just... Okay. <laughs> but, you know... So there's that, and uh, like I say, book 14 will probably be coming out this fall, so be on the watch for that. Book 13 is still fresh as a daisy, so you know you can buy that uh, on Amazon or uh, via Logo Lounge. So. Well, Bill, thank you very much for your time, and hey, look forward to your talk. Donovan, you're a rock. The Reflex Blue Show with Donovan Murray is hosted at 36point.com. Music by Dust Lab. Thank you.